Hi and welcome to Sex and the System. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Lara. I have a bachelor degree in human rights with a thesis focused on BDSM from a human rights perspective. I'm currently working on my master's degree in global health. Also, I'm actively living the polyamorous and BDSM lifestyles in several years. Today, I want to talk about whether kink belongs at pride or whether BDSM belongs at pride parades and what the, what the intersection of this is and what I think is appropriate to display and what is not. So to get into this, I think the first question we need to ask ourselves is what is pride actually about? And I would say that pride is nowadays in Western countries for a lot of people uh, a celebration, a party, a celebration of diversity. But pride is also a political action. Pride was a riot. Pride was, you know, if you look at the history of Stonewall, which is something I might make another episode on because it's actually really interesting and I think everyone should know about it. But, um, I mean, Stonewall, Stonewall was a riot. And um, as the, the history of that and to memorize that, Pride Parade started. So Pride is, even though for a lot of people it is like a big, big, big party, it is actually also yeah, political and it is there to, to raise awareness. It is there to still fight to show people from the LGBTQ community, to show different kinds of relationships, to make them visible, to give them a platform and to raise awareness and fight for their equal rights, be that marriage, be that healthcare, access to healthcare, um, things like that. And that is so important because the LGBTQ community historically has been oppressed. Um, yeah, I mean, gay people were either completely erased from history, not acknowledged, or it was it was uh, frowned upon, it was even criminalized. Um, they were seen to be perverts. And uh, it's very interesting if we if we look at where the, the oppression of, of LGBTQ people comes from, um, because there is actually a part where the oppression of the LGBTQ community and the BDSM community overlaps. So if we look at Foucault's History of Sexuality, um, this is one of the books that the French sociologist Michel Foucault wrote. Uh, he, he makes the case that up until a certain time, up until the Victorian area, people only concern themselves with sex that was happening within marriage. Everything that was happening between a man and a woman in order to create children, that was the... The, the center point of what people were concerned with. And then people started to actually look outside of that realm. And this topic of perversion 
started to emerge. So then people started to look at all types of different sexualities. And in, in, in that movement, in that like looking at different sexualities, people looked at lesbians, at gay people, at trans people, like at queer people in general, um, at people who were into sadism and people like sadism is the, the sexual pleasure that you get from inflicting pain on someone or people looked into masochism which is the sexual pleasure that you get from receiving pain um, but in the same movement they also looked at pedophilia they also looked at bestiality bestiality is uh, sex with animals and all those things that now we acknowledge are very, 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 very different. But all those things, being gay, being trans, being a pedophile, being a sadist or a masochist, they were all thrown together and they were all called perverse. So their oppression, the oppression of the LGBTQ and the BDSM community does stem from the same place. They were all thrown in the same pot and it's something that you can even see as of today that sometimes uh, you can you can hear people who are very homophobic like equate gay people with being pedophiles or accuse them of quote-unquote grooming the children um, which of course is incredibly far from reality but um, that's that's where this is this is coming from, and then the LGBTQ community moved and tried to fight for a normalization. So the LGBTQ community organized and um, stood up for themselves and distinguished themselves from other perversions. Like the rhetoric of the LGBTQ community is, we are just like you, you know. Um, so what they are, what the, the LGBTQ community did, and is still doing, is to move from the category of perversion into the category of normal, arguing that. You know, gay people or LGBTQ people or queer people can have families just like you. We can live a life just like you. Um, and by you, we mean that the heterosexual majority, what is considered normal. So the LGBTQ community did this movement for normalization. Um, and that was, in a lot of cases, very, very, very successful. Um, they achieved marriage rights in a lot of countries. Adoption in a lot of places is still uh, debated, but um, they can they can live their relationships. And the way it's argued about is that you know the the sexual part of it just happens in the bedroom, and everything else is just like any other couple. And while this rhetoric and this arguing and just going about it was very successful, I do also think it takes away some things from a relationship. 
or from like the from actually acknowledging the variety and the complexity of the experience of being a queer person. Um, but that's that's beside the point. Um, what what it also takes away from uh, is to actually, you know, what or what I would like to see is more of a foundation of not saying we are normal, but actually saying we are also okay. Because what is happening here is happening between consenting adults. Um, you know, I think, and this is where we get into the, the, the BDSM community, because the BDSM community did not actually have the same movement of we're just like you. Because with the LGBT community, um, or at least exactly the LGB part of it, you can argue that love is love and a relationship is a relationship like any other relationship. And to make this move of normalization and to equate a queer relationship with a heterosexual relationship and to also, you know, distinguish this whole thing or take it apart from the sexual part of it and to have a focus on the romantic part of it. That works and that is great and I don't want to take away from that. But the BDSM part is a highly, highly sexual one. So to argue for an acceptance of the BDSM community, just arguing about it not being sexual, it just being like any other romantic relationship, of course is not going to work. Because there is something inherently sexual about BDSM. But there is also something inherently sexual about other sexual identities. As the word already says. So, you know, what we see also at Pride is that this the, the part of actually celebrating the sexual part, the sexuality, is rising. Pride is very sex positive at points. And um, this sex positivity, though, is also something that Pride is criticized for. So the acceptance of the LGBTQ community really moves in between wanting to celebrate the actual sexuality part of it and being sex positive, while at the same time being kind of stuck in this rhetoric of we are just like other heterosexuals and this is not about sex, this is about love. And, you know, even though, as I said before, the, the oppression of the BDSM and the LGBTQ community do come from the same point, the way to argue about them and to make them acceptable is, is very, very different. And... Um, because you cannot you cannot take the sexual part out of kink, and I had this discussion with uh, several of my friends, and you know some people said that oh pride parades are really bad for actually the LGBTQ community because people are being so sexual, 
and um, yeah, that's just gonna, you know, we're all gonna be seen as perverts and as hypersexuals, and it's just gonna backfire. Whereas other people argue that yes, it is a very inherent part of being queer that it is about sex, that it is about sexual identity, that it is about also gender identity. The gender identity part, I mean, can be um, connected to sexual identity, but it doesn't have to be. Um, so now the question is, you know, does kink belong at pride? And I think, I think yes, because the BDSM community still has work to do in their fight for acceptance and not only acceptance but actual understanding and um, I think actually my next episode is going to be about the importance of correctly understanding the BDSM community and what consequences a misunderstanding of the BDSM community can have especially in the healthcare sector um, and um, So my answer to this is yes, because the BDSM community still has some work ahead to do, some fight for acceptance. Uh, but then on the other hand, you know, they they cannot they cannot use this rhetoric that the LGBTQ community uses, um, even though their fight does come from the same oppression. So. What I personally think would be the most useful is to actually go about um, arguing for both of those groups. And those groups are not, this is also what I want to point out, those groups are not necessarily separate groups. There is an overlap of the LGBTQ and the BDSM community. There are queer people in the BDSM community. Definitely. And um, like a, a, a part of a, a king part also has always, I would say, been a part of the LGBTQ community in a certain way. You know, those those things they they do definitely overlap with each other. This is also why they come together. They do come from the same oppression and the same claim of perversion, and. They distinguish themselves both from other perversions, from other perversions like necrophilia and pedophilia and bestiality by being something that is happening in between consenting adults, by being something that is healthy, that is joyful, that is consensual, that is not damaging. And I think that that part, that part of being joyful and enthusiastically consensual, that is something that should be highlighted. That is something that should be highlighted at, you know, at Pride with the movement of the LGBTQ community, but especially, especially when fighting for acceptance of the BDSM community. And actually... This, this part of being enthusiastically consensual, that's where it, where it also gets tricky because I think 
they do belong together, but kink and pride needs to be specifically consensual or especially consensual. The, the thing is, I was at Pride quite recently with my partners and we went with with a group um, that, you know, with a group that organizes fetish parties um, and, you know, also together with the group of the, our local dungeon. And there were some people who, in my opinion, did not behave in a very constructive way to our community because they... They did end up uh, like flogging each other and spanking each other with, you know, different tools in the Pride Parade and also in front of children. And honestly, because of the things that I explained to you before, um, because where the stigmatization and the oppression is coming from, from being thrown together in this category of perversion, I think especially because of that, it's a horrible idea to to practice such things in public but also i mean don't practice sexually explicit things in front of children that's that's just inherently a no-go i would i have to say at the other hand i also say if you don't want your child to see naked bodies or like exposed bodies colorful bodies um people dressing in an extremely sexually uh, expressive fashion, then don't take your child to pride. But it is about a sexually expressive fashion. That is not about sexually expressive behavior. That is not about sexual action. And I think sexual action does not belong at pride. Also, I mean, this is the thing that is discussed in the king community and that actually should be going without saying is that even for exhibitionists, like even for people that thoroughly enjoy other people watching their sexual actions, that watching something sexual or kinky or BDSM related happening, watching a scene also requires consent. Do not practice anything like this in public without the bystanders consenting to watching it. So with the, with the actual sexual action at Pride, and even if people don't classify it as a sexual action, I would say that spanking, it is a, it is a sexual action, especially in that context. Don't do it without the consent of your bystanders. They consented to watch a pride parade. They consented to watch drag queens, to watch colorful people, to watch rainbow flags, to, yeah, maybe see some nipples, but they didn't consent to, to see this. They didn't consent to see people spank each other or engage in, in, in yeah, BDSM activities. That's the one thing. The other thing is don't, don't do it in front of children. And doing this in front of children is not only incredibly irresponsible, it is also dangerous, it is harmful to the children, and it's going to backfire on the whole of our community. So what I'm trying to get is that I think, yes, kink does belong at pride, but sexual expression belongs at pride. 
not sexual action. The action can be implicit. There's something reading between the lines that adults that have an understanding of this, you know, they can conclude. But don't actually express this in that space. Like, or don't act act on it in that space. Expresses, dressed away, bring maybe a flogger and show it off, but don't don't use it. Don't engage in sexual explicit acts at Pride because it will just backfire on the whole community. In order to actually fight for acceptance and understanding, our our common denominator needs to be to highlight the importance of consent between adults. And it's honestly where where the key of this whole conversation should be. And that's also the key part where we distinguish ourselves from other perversions like pedophilia and bestiality, because those are not happening between consenting adults. And um, I, I think this is something, this is something to, to, to think about, and this is something that is really important. And I also think that everyone that goes at a pride parade is still taking certain responsibility, because in that moment they're representing a larger community. And their actions, and even if it's just the actions of a few people, they will backfire on the whole of the community, you know, because then it's like, oh, this one person did this, but nobody is going to say this one person did this. People are going to say, oh, yeah, the, the BDSM people at Pride, they cannot behave, they are overly, overly sexual. They are doing sexual actions in public. So... If you if you want to play, go to a play party. If you want to play and be watched, go to a dungeon and play in a public space. Go to a play party. Organize your own play party. Go to a go to a space that is made for this. But if you go to Pride, you're still taking on the the role of also a political struggle, and a political struggle in the Pride Parade is something that both as queer people, but also is people in the BDSM community that we should not forget about. Because even like, I mean, I live I live in a wonderful city where both of those things are very accepted and we have a lot of rights and there's a lot of understanding. But around the world, in a lot of places, queer people don't have rights. In a lot of places... Um, people that practice BDSM are deeply, deeply misunderstood in healthcare and mental health care. In a lot of places, we as a whole community, both queer and kinky, we, we face discrimination, we face oppression. So especially, especially with social media, with pictures that go around the world, we need to be careful of what we actually choose to display. So to sum this up, yes, kink belongs at pride. Sexual action does not belong at pride. But sexual expression does. And we are all fighting this fight of not being deemed perverse, but actually being seen as yeah, a joyful, consensual practice. That's a fight that we fight all together. Thank you so much for listening. You can also follow me on Instagram 
at Sex and Assistant. And um, I would be delighted if you leave me a little five-star review on Spotify or however many stars you can give me. And um, on Instagram, you can also send me a message if you have any other opinions or if you have a topic that you would like me to discuss in future episodes. So thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye.